0: Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe.
1: When I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the blood, I will cross over you when i see the blood i will pass over you let's bow our heads and pray father in the name of jesus we gather together today we remember the sacrifice on the cross we remember what you did for us on the cross we remember the power of the cross. We remember that your son Jesus Christ died for us on the cross. The lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth is here with us today. We can live lives of freedom. We can live lives of prosperity. We can live healthy lives because of the cross, because of of the Passover. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Good morning, family. It is good to be in the house of the Lord to worship together this morning. I had that wonderful Amen. It's good to always have the kids in the church uh, in the service with us. It is so, so great. And the youth, they are waving like, don't forget us. Welcome, youth. It's good to have you in the house of the Lord. Let's welcome the young people. Every time they are here, the average age goes down. So we're grateful for that. We also want to welcome our first-time guests uh, that are joining us today. Thank you for joining us on this Good Friday service. Uh, It is a special day in the Christian calendar. It is a special time for us to celebrate our Lord and Savior. Uh, Just to add one more thing to what Quentin shared about Durban, Durban. Even though our Durban churches are not affected, we've been blown away how they are helping other churches that are affected. So if you want to help, you'll be helping other churches in the area, in the region, and especially in the townships uh, who have been affected. So we continue to pray for them and trust God uh, to come through uh, in the season. I was blown away by Pastor Wayne Senderman. Uh, His other name is Seasway in... uh, In durban i asked him brother how are you doing coming out of the unrest and you have this he says these are all signs of a revival these are all signs of a revival that revival is coming and the enemy is trying all that he can to stop the revival that is coming so friends today our topic is on this amazing amazing the greatest story ever one story one hero That's what we'll be talking about today and also on Resurrection Sunday. And even in the weeks to come, we're going to be talking about the greatest story ever. Specifically today, we're going to look at the significance of the cross in the light of the Passover. Understanding what the Passover is, and we can understand the significance uh, of the cross. So our text is from uh, Exodus chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, you can open there with me, or you can read with me uh, on the screen. Exodus chapter 12, we're going to read from verse 1 all the way to verse 10. Please join with me as we read the scripture. I will read for us. The Passover. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months, it shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the generation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses and a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he, is, he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, and shall make your count for the lamb." Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts, and the lintel of the houses In which they eat, they shall eat the flesh that that night, roasted on the fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roast it, its head, its legs, and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff on your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and the beast. And all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you or destroy you. When I strike the land of Egypt, the Lord bless the reading of his word. Friends, from this text that we've read, we hear about the story of the Passover, and the Passover is a meal that was celebrated on the night before the Israelites left Egypt, which was the land of slavery. What is important here is to start by saying, why did they end up in Egypt in the first place? The reason they ended up in Egypt is because we see in the history of Israel how God constantly and consistently pursues relationship because God is after relationship. God wants to have a relationship with his creation. I guess a different way of putting it is the greatest story ever is the story about God's creation, God's intention to have a relationship with his creation. So the Israelites, every time God pursued them, they will move away. They will walk away from that relationship and worship other gods and worship idols. They were like an unfaithful person in a relationship. Every time God says, this is how I want you to live, this is the relationship I want to have with you, they will walk away, they will move away, and that is why they ended up in slavery in Egypt, because they walked out of a covenant relationship that God wanted to have with them. Isn't it said that in the days that we are living in, it's the same, the state of the world today, its people are constantly running away from God, the creator, who created them and who wants to have a relationship with them. We are here today because of this relationship. God is constantly pursuing us. God constantly wants to have a relationship with us. So I want to make a few comments before I go to the three main things I want to share with us today. When we read verse 1 of Exodus chapter 12, God speaks to Moses and Aaron and he says to them, let this first month of the year be a month where you will celebrate the fact that I've taken you out of slavery. It was the birth of a new nation. That first month, when you look at it in the Hebrew calendar, the month of Nisan, where we start the year, it is the month where a new nation was born. And when you continue to read, it speaks about the fact that the description of the lamb must be without blemish, without blemish, a male a year old. A lamb was a lamb for atonement. What is atonement? Atonement is something that takes the wrong on behalf of the other. The lamb was slain to take atonement, to take the sin of the nation. Jesus is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. So when we talk about Passover, we want to parallel it with Jesus, the lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the earth. So another way of putting it is the Passover was a foreshadow of God's final rescue plan from slavery to freedom. The Passover was a foreshadow, a preparation that God was sick and tired of every time the Israelites run away from the relationship. God tried the sacrifices. He tried the judges. He tried the priests. He tried the prophets. Even the kings that the people asked for, God tried to bring Israel back to relationship. And God tried all these things and they did not work until the final sacrifice, that is Jesus Christ. Jesus was the final rescue plan. Today we are here to celebrate the, 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 the death, the crucifixion of Jesus because he was the final rescue plan. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us on the cross. We will not be here today if it was not for the sacrifice on the cross. So I want to speak with you about the Passover lamb, the Passover meal, and the Passover cross. Keep in mind that when we talk about Passover, we talk about the meal. It is the meal. But the context of it, that is why you see the unleavened bread. It was the beginning of the unleavened festival or the festival of unleavened bread where the Israelites for seven days, they were not supposed to have yeast in their houses. I think it would be a crisis in South Africa during lockdown if we didn't have yeast. Leaven or yeast, I mean, some people became overnight... uh, Uh, bakers and uh, bakeries started, you know, just uh, all the baking that happened during the lockdown. I need you to understand that the festival of the unleavened bread was meant to take away yeast because yeast represented sin or evil within the people of Israel. So it meant that when they would celebrate the festival of the unleavened bread by taking out the yeast from their houses was to say, we're going to be holy for seven days, taking out the yeast. So when we talk about the Passover lamb, the Passover meal, we understand it in the context of the unleavened festival that will start on the Sabbath, which is like tomorrow, next Saturday, to the following Saturday. And today it includes what we call the Resurrection Sunday, or some will call it the Easter, which Easter is not a biblical term, But we don't have time to go into it. Easter was a celebration of the spring festival. Easter was a celebration of the new life that is coming. That is why you have the Easter Bunny. Let me just say, we don't celebrate the Easter Bunny. Can I hear amen to that? we celebrate the Lamb of God that was slain on the cross. If you don't watch it, the world is going one way, trying to move us away from the significance of the day where the focus is on the Easter eggs and not on the Lamb that was slain on the cross. If you didn't realize there's a move to even change Christmas to Xmas because they're doing all that they can to take away Christ. But as soon as you remove Christ, the Creator, from the creation, we have a crisis. You cannot take the Creator and separate the Creator from the creation. Before you do that, you would have already gotten into trouble. The reason our world is where it is today is because we are walking away from the Creator. We don't realize how we easily fall into the things of the world where it is more about the bunny, the Easter eggs, and not about the lamb. So let's speak about the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. Jesus is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth the same way that the Passover lamb was without blemish. Jesus had no sin. The Bible says in Second Corinthians 5, 21, For our sake He made Him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, who knew no sin, who lived a holy life, who knew His identity, who knew who God had created Him to be, He became sin for us, so that we can become the righteousness of God. The lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. John writes in 1 John 29, his first introduction of Jesus knowing that he was the Elijah who was to come before the son of the living God came to introduce, to prepare the way. Like we sang this morning, prepare ye the way. He came to prepare the way. And when Jesus came, how is this greeting, how is this introduction? When he first met Jesus, the next day when he saw Jesus coming towards him, he said, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, you, you should have been a Jewish scholar or you should have been one who has studied scriptures to understand when John said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was taking them back to the Passover. He was saying, This man is here to take us out of slavery, to set us free. The lamb that was slain before the foundation of the cross because God is after relationship. First Corinthians 5.7 Cleanse out the old leaven, the old yeast that you may be a new lamb, a new dough as you really are unleavened. You are unleavened. You are holy. You are out of the yeast, the evil, the sin of the world. For Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed for us. Jesus is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth because he was the final rescue plan for us. When you read in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 11, we understand how in the old testament how they would have to cleanse themselves from their sins compared to now the new covenant. And every priest stands daily in his service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. All those sacrifices that they tried, they never took away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Jesus was the final rescue plan because God is after a relationship. Just put yourself on the feet and the shoes of those who lived in those days. Imagine every time that you sin, you have to go to a farm somewhere, get a sheep without blemish, and you have to sacrifice it. That would not be pretty. Thank God. For Jesus, the lamb that was slain on the cross, he was the final sacrifice. He was the final rescue plan. When we talk about Jesus as a final rescue plan, I want you to understand that in the olden days, in the Old Testament, what the priest will do when people of Israel have sinned They will lay their hands on a goat, as the Bible said in Exodus 12, whether a sheep or a goat. And when they lay their hands on it, they will say, all the sins of Israel, we're putting them on this goat. And they will take this goat and send it outside the city and put it in the wilderness. And as you read... Oops, that's me. That's me. They say the, the goat goes into the wilderness it will carry all the people's sin upon itself into a desolate land. Now, think about that picture. Olden days, Old Testament, Old Covenant, you have a goat and the people of Israel, they, they confess their sins to the priest and the priest puts all the sins on this goat and this goat is cast out into the city. Another picture of the lamb that is Jesus Christ. When the Roman soldiers took the crown of thorns and put it on Jesus' head, they did not realize they were putting their sins and the sins of the world on Jesus, the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. So when we celebrate the Passover, the crucifixion of Christ, we are saying thank you, Jesus, for taking all our sins upon yourself so we can be free today. Let's talk about the Passover meal. The Passover lamb, the Passover meal, and the Passover cross. The Passover meal is what we know as communion today. On the day that they celebrated the Passover, the Bible says that now back in the Old Covenant, they shall eat the flesh that night, roasted in the fire with unleavened bread, and bitter herbs they shall eat it. It continues to say that they must eat everything. They must eat the legs, the head, even the intestines. I am so grateful that in the Bible, they allow us to eat everything. We can eat everything, Quinton, everything. The legs, the everything. Muhodu. It's in the Bible. You eat everything. The Bible said nothing must go to waste. Nothing. They say if you didn't finish it, just burn all of it. But nothing must go to waste. So I'm grateful to the Lord that uh, some of you will go with us to Soweto on June 16 uh, to have uh, the intestines for the first time. Thank you, Chantel, will be joining us. The meal was so important and so significant that they had to stipulate how you eat the meal. Eat it, roast it on fire. The fire speaks of sacrifice. Eat it, roasted on fire. It says unleavened bread. You see it keeps coming up. The unleavened bread is take away the sin out of your camp. And the bitter herbs to remind them of slavery in Egypt. When you eat bitter herbs, it's to remind you of slavery. I like the fact that it also says three more things. That let your belt be fastened. The belt of truth be fastened. And let your sandals of the gospel be ready and take your stuff, which is like the sword of the Spirit. Be in the Word at all times. When we take communion, we remember the belt of truth. When we take communion, we remember that we have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word, and we remember the gospel, the urgency that comes with the gospel. The Bible says you must eat this meal in haste, a sense of urgency when we present the gospel, when we preach the gospel. There must be a sense of urgency that the world is dying. The world is dying. They laid the lamb that was slain on the cross who was the final rescue plan. When we talk about the Passover meal, it was a foreshadow of communion and the Last Supper. When we talk of communion, when you read in Luke chapter 22, we will have communion at the end This is my body broken for you. This is the cup poured out for you. This is the new covenant in my blood. Communion signifies covenant promises of freedom, prosperity, protection, and health. In the olden days, when two Hebrew men or two Hebrew families come together and get into covenant, they will proclaim covenant promises. They will speak covenant promises over each other. So when we take communion, we are proclaiming and declaring covenant promises. The goodness of God over our lives. When we take communion, we remember. It's got two meanings to it. Remember what Jesus did, but we remember. We come back together. Members coming back together. We are remembering. So we have communion together. Communion in the gathering of the saints is not communion that you have alone at home. When we have communion together, it's their remembering. We are coming together as children of God. It's not just me and my family having communion. It's all of us remembering but also coming together what Jesus has done for us on the cross. I love the story of Archbishop Desmond Tutu. I'm sure so, most of you, if not all of you, will know that Archbishop Desmond Tutu was one of the apartheid, uh, anti-apartheid activists who fought together with people like Nelson Mandela and others. And uh, he's known for his moments of prayer. He's known for his retreats that he will take. You wonder why he was able to make it through such challenging times. But one thing that really stood out for me, I had heard about it and at his funeral when they said, Archbishop will take communion every day. I felt like, man, I need to repent. He took communion every single day. I I think we have excuses. We're busy. Life is busy. But I remember one of the guys who spoke at his funeral said they were in transit flying from one place to another in Germany. And while at the airport, Archbishop did all that he can to find some piece of bread somewhere and some water so they can have communion because he was committed to remembering the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the earth. Now, let me explain to you why communion is so important. I know most of you took communion daily during the lockdown, and all of us, we started realizing the significance of communion. It is because when you take communion, you are saying to the devil, "We draw the line. You are not allowed in here. These are the people who are in covenant with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We end up with the Passover cross. Exodus 12, 7, the Bible says, Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lentil of the houses in which they eat. The two doorposts and the lentil which is on top. Look at it this way. The door would have... Blood on the two doorposts and on the lintel above. The lintel is that place that supports where the door is built. So that was a picture of the cross right there. So nothing in the Bible is a coincidence. There is no coincidence. It was a foreshadow of the cross of what is to come. That is why we read Exodus 12. It says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, the angel of death coming. God says, I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign when we take communion. Remember the blood. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague will befall you to destroy you. The plague shall be there, but it shall not destroy us. No weapon forged against us shall prevail. It means the weapon will be there, but it will not prevail. It means the plague will be there, but it will not destroy us. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. So the significance of the cross is this. Whenever we take communion, whenever we remember the cross, we are saying we are in covenant with the king of kings. The enemy will not touch us. He will try to send all kinds of arrows but he will not touch us. The Bible says in Revelation 12, verse 11, And they conquered him, the enemy, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives, even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heaven, you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. I like that last part. His time is short. The enemy is trying everything that he can to take us away, but his time is short. That is why he's doing all that he can to steal, kill, and destroy. But our Lord Jesus Christ says, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. So as we get ready for a video that we're going to watch on the cross before we take communion, I want us to read the scripture with this understanding that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of the Passover, the the, the Lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth, he's the final rescue plan. Now we are reading this, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. With his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. We've run away from the creator. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that is before its sharer is silent. So he opened not his mouth, because he knew this was the final rescue plan. He was silent. And he said, Lord, let your will be done. When he said, it is finished, he knew that the deal was sealed. So friends... As we take communion today, let's take communion differently with an understanding that the Passover lamb was the final rescue plan so that we don't have to live lives of sin and death. So that we don't have to live in the slavery of sin. So if you're struggling with sin, that yeast that is not supposed to be there, bring it before the Lord. May He set you free once and for all. If you have been far away from God, This is a time for you to come back and say, God, I need you because you're constantly pursuing me. You want a relationship with me. We know that the last two years, some people have not been at church or connected with their Savior. This is your moment to come back to that relationship. So we're going to watch this video, and may God speak to you as we watch this video.
0: the cross. It was meant to horrify the world. It was meant for humiliation. It was meant to last for days. It was meant for slow asphyxiation. It was meant to prolong torture. It was the Roman soldier's job. It was meant to be used by Caesar, but instead, It was used by God. It was meant to stop a movement, but instead it became the way. It was meant to act on fear, but instead it awakened faith. It was meant to be vicious and violent, but instead it became our peace. It was meant to uproot hope, but instead it became the seed. It was meant to punish captives. But instead, it unleashed freedom. It was meant to build up Rome. But instead, it built God's kingdom. It was meant to discourage rebels. It was meant to stop insurrection. It was meant to put down Jesus. But instead, it set up his resurrection. It was meant to jeer and mock him. But instead, it was his glory. It was meant to erase a chapter. But instead, it became the story. It was meant to hold up convicts, but instead, it raised up a king. It was meant to shut our mouths, but instead, it is why we sing. It was meant to be judgment, but instead, it became our mercy. It's the reason why the song of heaven is the lamb, the lamb that is worthy. It was meant to kill an enemy, crush dissenters and diversions, but instead, it became the banner of God's love for every person. It was meant to be appalling, nailing hands and feet to wood. It was meant to be used for evil, but instead, it was used for good. The cross, Sifapano. It was meant to be a symbol of God's assassination, but instead, it became the symbol of Jesus' invitation. The cross come to the cross instead of sin and stain you are meant to be made clean instead of being forgotten you are meant to know you were seen instead of being ashamed you can leave behind your guilt instead of feeling empty you were meant to be fulfilled instead of being broken you are meant to be made whole here calvary is calling it beckons you behold come to the cross instead of being an accident you have a purpose and a plan instead of being abandoned you were chosen by his hand for all who've said i can't god has said i can no matter what you have done the invitation still stands come to the cross instead of being doubtful you are meant to know your father you are meant to be his son and you are meant to be his daughter you were cherished from the start you were always in the picture instead of being a victim you are meant to be a victor the result of jesus's blood salvation has arrived instead of being dead you are meant to be alive come to the cross it was meant to be a signal of death, but instead, it's a sign of living. It was meant to be the end, but instead, it's our beginning. The cross. Thank you.
1: So we're all coming to the cross this morning. We are going to take communion together, so please do not partake until we do it all together. And for those joining us online, we encourage you to also get communion and partake with those that you are with. Shall we all stand? And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I earnestly desired to eat this Passover before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after he had eaten, saying, This is the cup that is poured out for you in the new covenant in my blood. Let us prepare the bread. And I will lead you, and then you all say, thanks be to God. This is the body of Jesus broken for us. And we all say, thanks be to God. We will all respond the same by saying thanks be to God. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the cup and he said, This is my blood poured out for you in the new covenant, the blood of Jesus. Thanks be to God. As we bow our heads to pray, I want to give an opportunity to those people who say, I have been far from God and I need to come back and reclaim the final rescue plan that is in Jesus Christ. Some of you, it may be a first time commitment where you commit to live for Jesus Christ who died for you on the cross. As the scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you are here today and you say, I have been far from God, I want to come close to God, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand wherever you are so we can pray with you. If you are here and you say, Today, I took communion to come back close to God. Thank you so much. Raise your hand wherever you are so we can pray for you. Just raise your hand wherever you are so we can pray for you. Thank you so much. Thank you there at the back. Thank you so much. You are raising your hand to Jesus and not to men. Thank you, my sister. Thank you so much. For all who raise their hands, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me in your heart and church let's join them as we pray this prayer dear Lord Jesus Jesus, we come before you we accept you as Lord and Savior of our hearts we confess that Jesus is Lord and he is our Savior Amen Father, we pray for all these people who raise their hands. We pray that their names will be written in the Lamb's book of life. That God, when we get to heaven, we will have the final and last communion together in heaven, Father. We thank you, Father, that God, you've reclaimed their lives from darkness, from slavery to life and freedom. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.